Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So, are you sheep or are you goats? Now, you will be one or the other, you know. When? Well, when Christ comes again. Listen again to today's gospel reading. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. You and I will be there when this happens, either among the sheep or among the goats. So it's important that we listen today and learn about the sheep and the goats. First of all, the truth is, there will be this separation of the sheep and the goats. There will be a final judgment day. A lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't want to consider the prospect of a final day of reckoning that will include them. But their denial won't change the reality of it. The fact is, judgment day is coming. Jesus is coming again. The Son of Man will come in his glory, and he will sit on his throne as the judge of all. We confess that in all three of our ecumenical creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and the Athanasian Creed, all of them state that Christ will come to judge the living and the dead. And in today's gospel lesson, St. Matthew explains that this judgment of all people, excuse me, at this judgment of all people, there will be a separation. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Notice that there is no middle ground. There is right and there is left. And that's it. There are sheep and there are goats. There are no hybrids. There are no shoats and no geeps, just sheep and goats. No goats in sheep clothing either. All the masks come off. The truth comes out. There is no more pretending or play acting. Sheep are revealed as sheep. Goats are revealed as goats. That's not always so immediately apparent, though, in this life. But it will be then. And as St. Matthew explains, it will make a difference whether you are a sheep or a goat their destination will be different. To the goats, to those on his left, the king will say, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment. So if you want to deny the existence of hell, then you're arguing with Jesus because he taught it as a reality. The reality of hell is as well established in scripture as the reality of heaven. If you're going to deny the one, then you have to deny them both. But that won't change what's going to happen. All people are going to either one or the other. The goats go away to eternal punishment, eternal fire, but the sheep, the righteous ones on the king's right, will come into eternal life. They will inherit a kingdom. This is the blessed reality of heaven, being at home with the Lord forever, much better to go to graze with the sheep than to go to the blazes with the goats. Your final destination is going to last a long time after all. So one more time, in case it wasn't clear, it will be one or the other. There will be a judgment day with an eternal separation. Now the second thing 
about the separation of the sheep and the goats is this. The judgment will be on the basis of works. Yes, you heard me right. On the basis of works. The king will judge us according to our works. To one group, he will say, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink, etc. And then... On the other hand, I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink and so on. So it will be good works, either done or not done. That will be the standard for judgment. Did you know that this is consistent throughout Scripture? Scriptural judgment according to the works? is it, Excuse me, judgment is according to works? For example, earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says... The Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. St. Paul teaches likewise in 2 Corinthians when he writes, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. In the last chapter of Revelation, Jesus himself says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. Now the church does actually teach and confess this doctrine of judgment according to works. The Athanasian Creed, after the familiar line about Christ coming again to judge living and the dead, goes on to say, at his coming, all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This, then, is our church's teaching. Judgment according to works. Good works done will be cited as evidence when the righteous are rewarded. Good works not done, likewise, will be cited as evidence when those on the left are told to depart. So our first two points about the sheep and the goats are these. First, there will be a judgment and separation. And second, this judgment will be according to works. Then the third point, and it's almost a turning point, it is only faith in Christ that can produce the good works that the righteous sheep do. Notice what the king says when he commends their good deeds. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink and so on. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Everything is centered on the person of the king. If the work is done in connection with Christ, then and only then, is it regarded as a good work? If there is no connection with Christ, then there's no good works. You must be linked to Christ and his goodness, that divine righteous goodness by which we sinners are accounted as good, in order for there to be any good works to speak of. Faith in Christ is the key as to whether your works will be judged as good or not. Then why that, excuse me, is why the goats are so confused in the lesson. They did all of that. They fed the hungry. They clothed the homeless. They helped those in need. Why were they excluded? When did we see this and not minister to you, they asked. Well, it's because they didn't do it for him. They didn't do it in faith, but instead they did it for themselves. Whether that be to look good, to feel good, to make others think better of them, or maybe just to get a tax break. And as Jesus says elsewhere in Scripture, they have received their reward in full. Ultimately, what Matthew is saying here is that it is faith that saves. Faith in Christ alone. Faith alone apart from works. Our works do not, in the slightest degree, merit salvation. 
Salvation is a free gift, pure grace. Only Jesus Christ and his work can earn our salvation for us. Jesus died on the cross to wipe away our sins, to wipe the slate clean for us. His precious blood washes away our unfavorable record of sin. Those sins will not be brought forward when the books are opened. Christ's righteousness is bestowed on us as a gift. His perfect holiness purifies our imperfect works. So they are then regarded as good works for his sake. Christ remembers only the good that we have done in faith and so sees in our poor little deeds of mercy works of holiness. So how do we understand this relationship of faith and works when it comes to the judgment? Well, faith alone saves. But the faith that saves is never alone. It is always accompanied by works. Saving faith will produce good works, just like an apple tree produces apples and a grapevine produces grapes. So too we, as baptized children of God, grafted to the vine of Christ, produce the fruits in keeping, the fruits of faith in keeping with repentance. The works are the indicator that a living faith is indeed present in the believer. Faith works like a good tree, it will bear good fruit. When the Lutheran reformers presented their Augsburg Confession, which taught justification by grace through faith, their opponents brought against them scripture passages like our text today, which speak of judgment according to works. How did the Lutherans respond? Like this, from the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, in these and all similar passages where works are praised in the scriptures, it is necessary to understand not only outward works, but also the faith of the heart. When eternal life is granted to works, it is granted to those who have been justified already. Only justified people who are led by the Spirit of Christ can do good works. Without faith and Christ as mediator, good works do not please God. You gave me food is cited as the fruit and evidence of the righteousness of the heart and of faith. In this way, Scripture lumps together the righteousness of the heart and its fruit. In other words, you can't look to your works to save you. Notice that the righteous, the sheep, are kind of surprised when their good works are mentioned. Lord, when did we see you and do all these things? You see, they weren't busy keeping score and tabulating their brownie points as, as they went through life. Instead, their good works are cited to show that they did indeed have a living faith and that it was connected to Christ. And as a result, that faith in Christ produced good works for God towards their neighbor. The righteous do not look to their own works. They look to the finished work of Christ, who alone can produce works that are accounted as good before God. The key thing is to be connected to Christ. And that comes only through the gospel, the good news of sins forgiven by the cleansing blood of Christ shed on the cross. That is the only way your bad record, all the bad works you did and all the good things you failed to do, that is the only way your bad record can be erased. 
and then replaced with works that are considered good for the sake of God's own Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the good news I bring to you today. God has forgiven you for the sake of Christ. Jesus is your righteousness. Jesus is your life. He's your eternal life. Life that overcomes the grave. Even as Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. Life that will stand in the day of judgment. For your judge is also your savior. All of this is a gift. Dependent on the goodness of the giver. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. It is all God's doing. He prepared it for you, and he delivers it to you. He is the one who blesses you, who puts you in line for an inheritance. He prepared his heavenly kingdom for you before you could do anything about it. Our text today, which on the surface might seem daunting, like we have to pile up our works in order to merit salvation, is instead a most comforting passage of salvation by grace. The clouds of judgment gather, the day is surely drawing near. As we just sang, Christ is surely coming. Judgment day is coming, and you will appear before the throne of the king to receive what is coming to you. By God's grace only, your works done from faith in Christ will be mentioned. The evidence of a genuine and living faith. And it'll be surprising on that day, much like the sheep in our gospel lesson, how many good works are listed that you don't even realize you did. By God's grace, you will receive the reward of the righteous, eternal life in his kingdom. My fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, God in his grace has made you one of his sheep. Now follow your good shepherd in faith and do the good works God has prepared for you, and you will receive the eternal kingdom God has prepared for you as well. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.